Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Tuesday, March 16th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And we've got Super Tuesday here, Coach. Seven game NBA slate. Are you ready? I am completely ready. I like the, the slate. I like the size of the slate. We have some uh, decent player news that should give us some uh, value and, and uh, looks like a perfect kind of slate for us to attack. And by the way, congratulations that uh, FanDuel GPP lineup uh, busted 360, which is not easy to do. So congratulations there, man. That was a nice lineup. Yeah, thanks. You know, that was the hybrid and uh oh the hybrid the i'm hybrid. sorry not yep. the gpp yeah yep. so that was uh that was a lot of fun uh the reason the, i said that is i played it in a gpp because okay. you know we and so it, it it paid off for me so yeah, i appreciate that yeah it cashed everywhere so that was good and yeah uh, and like you said for tonight lots of value uh more so than usual depending on yeah. some of this news so we're gonna have an opportunity to pay up for some of these stars so let's start breaking it down we have let's do it a lot of back-to-backs here. Eight teams involved in a back-to-back, one way or the other. And yeah. we don't have a total over 230 today. But we do have one over 240. How about that? Yeah. New Orleans yeah. and Portland. So we'll get to that. Uh, that's going to be a late-night hammer. We can but officially say that's going to be the chalk game, then, I would say. For I sure. would say so. Yes. All right. But before we get there, we got to start with the first game of the night, which is a 7.30 tip. So a little yeah. extra time to get ready this evening. And I love those 30, 30 minutes make a big difference in crunch time. I'm telling you, it's they awesome. Really do. I like it a lot. And this yeah. one is a good way to start the night on TNT. We've got Utah and Boston. Great matchup of, of two winning teams and both yeah. healthy. This is almost unheard of in today's NBA. No injury designations to mention. I can't remember a game where we've had just a complete clean slate. That's crazy. So I'll just give you the line and let you go. It's uh, Utah by four and a half. Total 228, and Boston's on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to go to Cleveland tomorrow. So they shouldn't be too concerned about this one. I think they're going to be focused on Utah. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, this is going to be a fun game to watch, and it is 30 minutes before all the rest of the games, even though it's a 7.30 Eastern start. So uh, the question will be here, you know, is how much do you trust uh, the pace of this game and going against – uh, strong defense. I mean, I know that the the line's uh, pretty low. Utah's not favored by that much, but it is in Boston. Um, and, you know, pace is the problem, tw- 17 and 21 for Utah and Boston. Defensively, Utah's third. We know they've just been, you know, rattling people all year. Boston's 19th, though, and that that little slump they had there uh, their defense really took a dive. So, you know, it's it's an intriguing game. I think it's going to be approached by Boston as a very important game for them. Uh, but, you know, I, I look up and down these two teams from the defensive side, and, you know, there's just good defense all over the place. I mean, Conley defends well. Royce O'Neal's a terrific direct defender. We know Rudy Gobert. Uh, has been a multiple-year de- uh, defensive player of the year in the NBA. And then, of course, we know uh, Jason Tatum is shut down, along with uh, Jalen Brown, is a terrific defender. And they rotate those bigs between Tice Thompson, Williams, enough to keep good, fresh defensive bodies on everybody. So, 
You know, no, it's interesting. I have all my notes here, and this is the one that has just nothing written down <laughs> except the word pass. Yeah. So no injuries, you know, nothing. But I just don't see a reason on such a, a juicy slate to force a guy in in this game. So I'm not only going to get an extra 30 minutes, Andrew, I'm going to get an extra hour before my starts. <laughs> yeah, I can't blame you. And I'm not really planning to pay up for anybody here either. Okay. Um, you look at the first matchup these guys had, Utah won at home 122-108. to And that game was missing two of the key defenders here that you're talking about. Conley and Smart did not play. Yeah. And the standout performer that night was Donovan Mitchell. But without Smart, a uh, lot easier task for him. Uh, Definitely. And on Boston, uh, Jalen Brown actually had the best game for these guys. He was 33-8. and eight. Uh, mm. Tatum was held more in check by the likes of, of Royce O'Neal. Um, so, you know, I think if I was going to play one guy in Utah, I might look to Conley because, you, you know, he's, he's pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, and he he'll, can, he'll get a little taste of Marcus, though, at some he, point. He might. I mean, I would yeah. think Marcus would, would focus in on, on Mitchell – Right. But, uh, you know, Marcus Smart has been coming off the bench. So yeah. to, to get the game started, Conley should have a decent matchup against Kemba Walker. Yeah. And then on the Boston side, uh, I, I don't mind Jalen Brown. You know, this would be a situation where if, if the value pans out later in the slate, you could kind of circle back and, and get one of these guys like a Jalen Brown who's in the 7K range. It's not too bad for him. And Boston, yeah. Boston's pretty well rested. They had an easy win against Houston, and, and now they're back home, so they should be ready to go. Um, you know, guys like um, Robert Williams, uh, worth mentioning. He was sure. awesome against Houston. He's been getting more and more minutes, more and more confidence, more and more production. Yeah. But his price has gone up here. So I, I don't think I'm going to go to any of the secondary guys in this one. And it's, you know, in general going to be a pass, but maybe I'll circle back and end up paying for one of these guys. It'll be interesting. I Don't be surprised. I read nothing about this, so this is just me surmising. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus doesn't start uh, and they just they just go with, you know, one of the bigs like Thompson or something and bring Tice off the bench or vice versa. I just uh, defensive matchup wise, I think that might be uh, a good play for them because, uh, you know, that'll give them some perimeter defense that's just been missing for Boston. But it's going to be a fun game to watch because they're two good teams and they're two really well-coached teams. But, you know, I don't see it being a DFS uh, need whatsoever, really. Absolutely. All right, game two. And this might not be a DFS need either because this game is a 212.5 total Cleveland at Miami. The Heat favored yeah. by 10 here. And this is like the complete opposite of New Orleans-Portland that we're going to get to. This is slow pace, bad offense, and Miami's yeah. top five defense. Um, yeah. You know, there's no wonder this total is so low. Uh, they're tied for 24th in pace, and Cleveland is now the worst offense in the NBA, efficiency-wise. Crazy. You know, in the last two games, they've scored exactly 82 points both games, which... <sighs> is like a, a, a very good half for some of the teams in the NBA in this day and age. So that is yeah. brutal. They are not looking good. They just need to make all these trades and get rid of love and all these guys they want to move and 
settle in and let the the young guys play and not even worry about it. You just know? get even worse. Just go completely <laughs> to the bottom of the standings. They were a little bit more competitive earlier, but now they're 14 and 24, and yeah. they're, they're bad in every category, really. And with the injury, speaking of Kevin Love, he's doubtful. Left yeah. that last one early, and we've got Torian Prince out. So yeah. here's one potential value play. If, if Nance starts with Love and Prince out, he's, right. play, he's playable for me. I don't. Yeah. Re- I don't really want to play anybody else on Cleveland. I just don't like this matchup. You know, Miami is fourth defensively. Yeah. Um, so I- I'm going to fade them probably, other than Nance potentially. And with Miami, we have Bam probable to get back out there with the knee issue. I I don't understand yeah. why he would play tonight because this is a front end of a back to back for both teams. I know. And Miami has to go to Memphis tomorrow. So why would they waste Bam against Cleveland? When they've got to go up against Maybe. Joe Val tomorrow. I agree with you 100%. And I, I'll tell you what, I have a red flag next to it. Because he, if they do play him, I I would assume it's limited minutes, you know? Right. Yeah, there's no reason to rush him back out there and get 35-plus minutes. So no. if he plays, then he takes all the juice away from Olenek, who has really been playing very well in his absence. He sure has, man. Uh, he's priced up now so that if Bam sits... It's much more of a question mark to whether to play uh, play Olenek. I probably won't, um, yeah. and I'm not going to pay for Butler. He has been awesome. He's eleven thousand now on Fanduel. <laughs> he has been Incredible. really rolling, just piling up the steals, running the offense. So as much as those guys have helped us here recently with the price tags up in this uh, potential blowout against Cleveland, I'm not going to play either one of those guys. And then. Yeah. The guard situation got might get even muddier tonight. Avery Bradley's question will get back in the mix. It was already crowded enough. We had none who had some real nice games, but then with everybody in the mix, he went down to 18 minutes last game. Yeah. And Hero really stepped up and played more like the Tyler Hero of, of last year. Uh, so, you know, you could roll the dice there, but will anybody really need to play more than 26 minutes? I don't know. The, you know, the the one other flyer you could take maybe would be on Duncan Robinson. He's had two good shooting games in a row. He's pretty cheap. And, you know, somebody's going to uh, get it done against this uh, in, in the starting lineup. So, you know, I could see him uh, paying off value. But this is a pretty risky situation for me to really invest in anybody on Miami. I couldn't agree more, brother. I'll tell you. I mean, I... I don't think I've ever had this situation, especially since it seems like earlier games get more of my guys just by happenstance and matchups in the East or whatever it is. But I, I don't, I'm not going to play this game. I mean, it's a two twelve and a half total, like you said, twenty fourth and twenty fifth in pace, so dead slow, huge blowout potential with a double digit uh, spread, and then you know you've just got like you articulated there very well, jammed up positions. Yeah, we like to play some guards against Cleveland, but not all six of the Miami right. guards mm-hmm. that are going to play. And, you know, Butler, you know, with a game tomorrow, Butler just, you know, you don't expect him to get pushed to the limits. Bam, certainly with just coming back. And But it's but that stuff's enough to make Olenek stock go down. And, uh, yeah, I just... I I don't like anybody from either side here. Uh, 
just based on the way this circumstance falls. And uh, I don't, like I say, it's very odd. I don't think I've ever come out of the first two games with zero exposure, but I just, I don't, I think you're forcing somebody and taking an unneeded risk. Now you could, you know, one off for in a GPP, of course, um, but not for me. I'm, I'm ready to just rock and roll here and get to the real games. All right, well, let's try the next 8 o'clock game, see if we like anything there. It's New York and Philly. Yeah. Um, 216 total. Philly favored by 7, even though they don't have Embiid. And right. with the Knicks, we're recording this early in the morning after that game last night against Brooklyn. So we don't have any updated news, but I'm going to mark uh, Rose, Peyton, and Rivers all as question marks again since they missed yesterday. So... Yeah. Uh, how about this one? Any any interest in, in starting to fill out a roster, or are we going to wait some more? Well, I mean, it's not going to be a stack game, that's for sure. I mean, you've got Philly on the first night of a back-to-back and the Knicks on a second night. And, you know, again, the, the, the total's low with that 216.5 number. And uh, you've got the 30th-paced team in the league in the Knicks. And if you didn't know, there's only 30 teams. And Philly is seventh, but it's not going to be the same, you know, uh, Embiid getting the rebound and kicking the fast break going. It, it, they could slow slightly. And uh, they're the fifth and second best defensive team in the league. So you're talking about two, you know, two of the top five defensive teams on top of everything else. And then you would think, okay, Embiid's out. We should pick up a slam dunk. Uh, you know, a little bit of a slam dunk backup center that's going to get a, a boatload of minutes. And, you know, my concern is Bradley's playing well enough and starting that it it just makes me not want to pull the trigger on Howard. And I know he's the better play. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to like him some here. But I just, you know, if I'm going to go there and, and take up my center spot, I want a guy that's, you know, I'm I'm – comfortable that's going to finish the game and get big enough minutes on a good slate like this so i'm not crazy uh about any of those guys uh there is a little bit of usage bump that goes everywhere i I should say a lot of usage bump because of Embiid off the floor however it spreads out everywhere you see simmons go up a little bit curry goes up a little bit certainly bradley and and howard at the center spot even guys like scott get a little uh, budge, but it's not like it just fires to somebody else out on the floor. Uh, the biggest bump is Tobias Harris, even though over Ben Simmons, but you know, expensive. Simmons uh, and uh, Harris are expensive. The Knicks defense, even though they played last night, uh, they're just gritty and they don't give up a whole lot very easily. And without having to double down, on Embiid, they're going to be able to play their normal defense. Uh, you know, the only time the Knicks seem to get in trouble defensively if they're, you know, going against somebody that really outmans them, like an Embiid, and then they have to uh, change up their rotations. They're usually doubling the post, and if teams are really good at skipping the ball, uh, they're going to get some open threes. But they're not going to have to do that with Embiid out, and I think that's going to really – Uh, be a little bit more difficult from the Philly side. So uh, the New York side, we need that news. Uh, You mentioned the three guys that that, uh, didn't play last night. Um, And, you know, 
to us they're questionable again. Quickly got the start. He was just okay. Uh, he did decently. But if the situation stays the same and he's starting, uh, he's probably going to make my lineup because his price is still good enough. And extended run, I still think he can get hot. I know Simmons is a really good defender. I get that. But quickly is uh, a different type of offensive player. A lot of his shots are those old school Steve Nash floaters in the paint. You know, he, he just unorthodox enough that I think uh, a real lengthy guy like Simmons, uh, it can really bother him. And that's if Simmons guards him. You know, he may get some Danny Green or uh, Curry uh, as well. But uh, if the, the situation stays the same and he's starting, I love those minutes. I love his upside. I think his ceiling's too good to pass up. Uh, and he's my really major go-to guy here. Um, after that, definitely not going to spend up the huge bucks here for Mr. Superstar Julius Randle, who had a hell of a game last night. Uh, but really, you know, that's about it. Hopefully, uh, just quickly, and I'll be sitting there in last place in every contest with just one guy. Yeah. <laughs> After three, and the next game, you know, is is there another game at eight? There's two more. Yeah. Okay, so we, I won't be totally feeling all panicky. It'll be, <laughs> uh, I'll have a few numbers on the board, but I don't know. I mean, am I missing something there, or what do you what are you thinking? No, I think this is this is another game that's a struggle. I mean, it's it's certainly the first of the three where things start to get tempting to actually put somebody in the roster. Yeah. But it's it's not an ideal matchup because yes, you get the usage bump for Simmons and Tobias, but we get this slow-paced Knicks team, great defense. Yeah. Um, you know, you know Simmons and and Tobias, I think they're both playable. But it's not the situation normally with them beat out where you say, oh, i got to get one or both of them out there. Definitely. Um, with Dwight Howard, I do have some interest in him. His price has gone up a little bit. You know, he's 5200 on FanDuel, which I think is a very good price. And I'd rather have him playing against Taj Gibson coming off the bench than against Noel. Um, but, you know, not a lot of possessions here. Uh, the thing with centers, though, on this slate is I'm just not that fired up about anybody so he could work out and we could pay up for a couple studs elsewhere on the Knicks side it's going to be just like last night probably for me where it's either quickly rj barrett randall or nobody uh like you said randall tougher to get to tonight um you know he's always playable for me in the 9k range he's just so yeah. consistent and yeah. And, you know, I, I do want to mention that those three, I liked how they played together, especially Barrett and Randall. You know, it, yeah. last night it was either quickly basically going one-on-one -on -one, or it was Barrett and Randall playing a two-man game. So yeah. I really liked the correlation with those two guys. They were in that 360 hybrid FanDuel lineup for us. And, again, you know, we've talked about it since the preseason. They play such big minutes that – it's just, it's a lot of fun to play them and feel confident because we always, I mean, that's always the biggest concern, right? Is yeah. how many minutes are our guys going to get? Can we trust True. them down the stretch? And yeah. those are two of the most trustworthy guys in terms of minutes. They are. And um, the Knicks seem to play in a lot of close games because they keep it tight with the slow pace and everything. And that gets extra minutes too. Right. Yeah. Um, but again, Philly, number two with defense. 
and they didn't do very well the first time against these guys. Randall, 25-7-3, and, and R.J. Barrett was 2-for-15 from the field. Um, that was way back in the beginning of the season. I don't remember it specifically, but I got to figure that Danny Green was involved in making life difficult for him. So it could end up being uh, quickly for me as well and just hope that he can avoid Simmons or be productive just because of the volume. But uh, long way of saying that, you know, I still might not have anybody in my roster here after this one. <laughs> it's it's odd. You know, the one thing that it does say is I'm sure we're not alone in the industry. And I mean, people have some one-offs, but it's almost like it's a four-game slate. You yeah. know, I mean, it's crazy. But you're going to see most people's, you know, rostering done in these last four games, which is very strange. Just doesn't happen often. Absolutely. Well, let's get yeah. to the first of those four. It's Oklahoma City in Chicago. Yes. And it's a 224 total. Chicago favored by five and a half. Front end of a back-to-back for them. They're going to host San Antonio tomorrow. And with the news, this is huge because on the, on the OKC side, Horford and Baisley have been ruled out again. Yeah. And then we have Dort and Maladon questionable. So let's try to sort through what could be the rotation here. Last game for OKC with all those guys out, it was yeah. Shea... It was Ty Jerome getting the start, Justin right. Jackson, Pokashevsky, and Moses Brown. And, yep. you know, four of those five guys really stepped up and paid off value. Shea had 30 points, Ty Jerome 12, 6, and 5. Pokashevsky went nuts. He had 48 fantasy points in 39 minutes. I, 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 fe- I literally fell on the floor watching that. <laughs> five for eight on three-pointers. He was, I mean, it was his career game. And then Moses Brown was solid as well. So if... Hard to believe, you know? Yeah. These guys out of the woodwork, man. They, I mean, this is the youth movement in OKC, and these guys are stepping up when given the yep. chance. So if Maladon and Dort are both out again, and that's the starting lineup that we have, Shea is certainly playable for me against Chicago. 100%. Uh, 100%, you know, solid price. He's going to run the show again. This is a good pace game. Chicago 6th in pace, OKC 14th. Yes. Uh, average defenses. So Shea's in play. Ty Jerome, very good price. If he's going to yeah. start, I mean, we were playing him off the bench in the 3K range occasionally, and he was hitting value. Uh, yeah. Pokashevsky, I mean, he's got to be flying high, and he's, his price hasn't gone up. Um, you know, do you need to go to Moses Brown? Again, I, you know, he's probably... Again, a guy who could hit value. He's had like three straight games of 24 fantasy points. So you feel pretty good against um, a bad Chicago front court, then he can hit value again. But, I mean, we're not going to probably play four OKC guys, even though they might all hit value. But, uh, you know, the point is that there's there's a lot of opportunities here. And I haven't even mentioned Kenrich Williams, who yeah. stepped up, played well off the bench. Roby played 33 minutes. He did all right. He's a little Kenrich, bit more expensive. Kenrich was key in my winning lineup. And yeah, at a super low owned price, but when he gets the minutes, he produces. You know, yeah, usually, um, you know, he's yeah. he's not the most consistent guy, but no, but in a lot of that is because he'll get a big reduction in minutes out of nowhere right. too. So that's that's the touchy part for sure. Right. So we're just gonna have to follow the news on Dort and Maladon there, and then yeah, that is absolutely imperative. That's huge. Sure. And and yeah. thankfully, it's the fourth game game in. But it's it's only a half hour after the first start, so we should have that. And then with Chicago, the only guy out is Temple, 
So we still have that crowded new mix with everybody out there, but some decent price tags again. Sadoransky started, played yeah. very well, 10, 6, and 7, and he's very cheap, 3,600 and 4,200. So he's yeah. he's playable on both sites. Uh, Patrick Williams, still in the mid 4K range, he played very well. Uh, oh, he had a terrific game. Man. Yeah, he really he did. He had some poster dunks, too. I couldn't believe it. So, you know, I like both of those values. Other than that with Chicago, uh, I don't know if I'll go anywhere else. Um, and then, you know, Levine is the type of guy who all of a sudden you could have enough money to, to pay up for. Uh, he's not locked in for me yet, but I am going to come out of here with probably two or three value plays. Very nice. Yeah, I you know, this this game is intriguing to me. I, I uh, We need that news before we can solidify anything. But I'm going to uh, go over this as if those guys aren't playing again, just to look at it from that perspective, and then we'll adjust from there. But I've, my one of my favorite plays on the entire slate is Shea. I mean, with those other guys out, his usage numbers are sort of ridiculous. And Chicago's backcourt, although Sadoransky is, is a step forward and that's why he's been is starting now over Kobe White, but it's still very attackable. Uh, I think Shea is just a fine, fine play here. Uh, he's going to be more than likely in 100% of my lineups. Um, after that, though, from the Oklahoma City side, not quite confident enough. I think there's quite a bit of value on this slate, enough that you don't have to scratch and claw there for, for hoping – some guys come through. I'm just not jumping on the Poku bandwagon yet. Um, you know, I, I get the fact that Moses Brown is getting minutes, uh, Isaiah Roby and Kenrich Williams, but they are starting, even though they're subs and they're cheaper, uh, they're starting to share some minutes in there. And that, you know, is a concern. If, you, if you're going to take a value cheap guy that's starting because some guys are out, you want to make sure he's going to get, to me anyway, 25, 30-minute run. Some of these guys may split up and get 18, 20 minutes, which isn't going to quite get it done. So not going to pull the, the trigger and overreact. I think that you'll see a lot of people in the industry go with the Moses Browns and Pokacheski and all these guys. Uh, but I'm going to I'm gonna fade that aspect of it and just take the one rock on that team, and that's Shea. Uh, on the Chicago side, I, until they move Sadoransky's price up, he's going to play for me. I mean, it makes so many things work when you can get a guy that inexpensive. And, I mean, you know, it's. I think he's going to get really solid minutes. Even with White playing some and they rotate a little bit, I mean, it doesn't take much to pay off that salary. And he has a good ceiling. I mean, he gets hot uh, and he'll get – several different categories of statistics uh, for you as well. Zach Levine is in play for me. His price is high, so he's on the fence. Uh, if Dort plays, then I will not play Levine because I think that's what he'll get defensively. Yep. If, Dort, if Dort is out, then Levine becomes playable to me. Um, but I got to make sure that it works in these last three games as far as salary. Uh, Patrick Williams, I've been a big fan. 
Uh, I had him when he was cheap, all super duper cheap, and he, he's paid off his value most of the time. His last game was a career type game, and I think it actually really helped Patrick Williams went because Wendell Carter did not start for the first time in his career. They they went with uh, Markinen and Young at the at the bigs, and I'm assuming they're going to do that again. So uh, you know, it just it seemed. Carter clogs up the lane, whereas Markinen and Young, they're moving around. They even spot up for three a lot, et cetera. And it just gave a lot of paint space for Patrick Williams. And that's where he thrives. He's a slasher more than he is a shooter and uh, very effective. He can jump out of the building. It also opened up rebounds for him. So he's he's in play for me as a nice value guy. Uh and again, that's if they stick with the, the the new lineup and bring Carter off the bench. Because when Carter came in at center, they they made three substitutions and Williams went out as well. So I think you know that mixture is going to be a key, and I need to confirm that that's the case there. Um, as far as the bigs go, with Markin and Young, Porter Jr. now and uh, Carter Jr., all of them sharing a lot and not really. Uh, gonna crack my lineup. So, um, yeah, this this is an important game. You know, two or three pieces probably out of this game that I think can be impactful. And uh, looking forward to it. Okay, excellent. One more eight o'clock game: Atlanta and Houston. Can we jump in real quick before we do that? I don't. I hate to interrupt you, yep. but I just I want to say one thing real quick here, uh, right in the middle of the deal. Uh, great time to jump aboard at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, we have some fantastic deals going, our best deal of the year. If you join through betus.com.pa and use the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, no space, deposit 149 and then as soon as you do that, just tweet at us, at DFS Coach Talk. Let us know that that's been done. We'll confirm it on our side, and we will get you in there for a free membership with Coach Talk all the way through June 1st which means you get all this NBA, all our PGA, and then baseball is going to be flying here very soon. So uh, love to have you there. If you just want to dip your toe in the water and try us out, we have a three-day pass for $10. You're welcome to jump in there and do that as well. Um, and even if you know you come in there for the, the short term, you'll have all access to everything that we provide, including one-on-one uh, -on -one strategy sessions, etc. So uh, great time. We've had a nice influx of new members. Everybody's getting to know each other and uh, really working our process, which that was the one thing I really wanted to jump in and mention. It's really come up a lot with all of our new members because it's a new type of thinking. Um, and not to go too deep into it, we, ha we do have a, a Coach Talk process and contest selection podcast that's posted. Um, but, you know, we really try to create that process for our members to follow because people don't talk much. They'll t do all this talking like we're doing for an hour here about line, you know, each player, their stats, etc. But before you get to that in this world of DFS, if you want to win and sustainable winning over a long haul, you have to have something in place. You can't off the cuff, go all in, do this, do that. I mean, it's you're going to eventually bust. It's I equate it to when people are playing the slot machines. You you know 
you can't just keep taking wild shots because they're eventually they're going to get your money. But if you have a process in place where your your contest selections fit what you're playing and you're building a bankroll, we have proven now it's over six, six and a half years of this process and we'll help you work that. And again, you're not forced to do it. I mean, you can play any way you want, but we're going to at least allow you to see that, discuss it and work it and see how it can be helpful for you. Plus, we have some great members with outstanding testimonials that have been with us for a year or a little over a year uh, that will you know, really confirm how that's worked for them. So I wanted to mention that because it was a big discussion in our uh, you know, Discord last night. I wanted to make sure our members out there uh, and our hopeful members uh, know that, that that's the way we roll with stuff. So very exciting there. Last thing I'll say then is if you're watching this on YouTube, this is our big ask every show. Please take a second, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, and click the alert that will let you know when all of our pods post. And that is super, super important to us. And if you just listen to us on audio, which is great, you miss out these these two uh, ugly mooches here. But uh, if you're listening to us, uh, please do the same thing. Uh, We're uh, really going to look at reinstituting a, a plan we had uh, a couple months back. We're going to do it again where we choose uh, monthly our man Joe Stanton and Tyler Pitzer as well. They'll get a random selection of someone that gives us five stars on iTunes and puts a comment. Uh, also, they'll check Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the spots where you can give a rating, a thumbs up or five stars. And we will pick uh, someone that's going to win a free month membership. So take that extra couple seconds. It extremely helps us out, especially with bringing these seven podcasts and basketball in front of the payroll uh, paywall every day. So we really appreciate that. That's it, Andrew. I need to take a drink of coffee now. All right. I'll set this game up. Uh, this other eight o'clock game, it is Atlanta in Houston, 224 and a half total. And the Hawks are favored by nine and a half. We have Houston on the front end of a back-to-back, and they have lots of injury news again. They've got Wall out, Nawaba out, question marks for House and Ben McLemore, and then Christian Wood has gotten onto the injury list as doubtful, yeah. so he's on his way back. And then with Atlanta, the big guys are questionable, Capella and Okongwu. So yeah. what do you make of this one? Uh, I'll tell you, every Houston game has to be playable for the – foreseeable future just because they're so bad maybe they write the ship a smidgen with wood back when he comes back probably in a couple days but yeah they're just such a dumpster fire man and they give up so many points now uh right now though you know atlanta's pace is 22nd but i think they they speed it up in this game because they know they're so much better you want to you want to lengthen the game when you're uh, not as good as your opponent and you want to play faster so there's more possessions when you're better and Atlanta's way more talented than Houston with all the injuries and everything else. So uh, Houston's third fastest team. So I see this game, you know, really getting up and down the floor. I like the over in this game for our prop players. And I think this game is going to get quite a few points, especially if Capella's out. Capella is such a terrific defender, underrated really. And if he's out, that opens up the, the paint. Uh, you know, for Houston, um, everything is already open for Atlanta. But, you know, I guess it comes down to this, Andrew. And before I give my break out on the players, 
what are the chances this game blows out? I mean, better than 50-50? What do you, what do you think? Hmm, good question. Uh, Putting you on the spot. Better than 50-50. I will say yes, which means to me that Atlanta covers, because if they cover 9.5, then they're winning by double digits. And so I'd say that's more likely than not going to happen. Okay. I, yeah, you know, I'm I'm with you. I like Atlanta and the over here. However, I don't think it's going to be one of those, you know, it's 44-16 and all the subs are in. I My sense is the Atlanta coach still, you know, getting comfortable, you know, with this team, figuring out the rotations. You know, even though a Capella would be out and a Kongu, they still, number one thing you'd have to go to is Collins. Collins He's high on the trading block right now. It's almost a guarantee he's going to get moved in this next week. And they want to showcase the daylights at him. And with the other two bigs, Capella and Okongu out, he's going to get a lot of run at center and and probably do some really good things. So he'd be my first guy I'd look at in this game. And again, I think it stays within that 15 number that these guys play. And I know this new coach has got to want to get some familiarity and real pace and continuity between those uh, new players just to get a rhythm going uh, and a system. So, you know, I think Trey Young stays in there and and, and really is a good play today. Um, and, you know, as far as the Herder-Bogdanovich thing, that is a little concerning because I think Bogdanovich might cut into a few more of Herder's minutes, but not enough to overtake and, and be a great start for me. Um, but, you know, I think Collins and Trey have to be highly considered. On the Houston side, you know, it, Oladipo wants out desperately. He's shooting the ball 90 million times because he wants to score and, and be the center of everything here to get moved. Uh, I think he's a, an automatic play also. I mean, you know, when a guy's getting up 25 shots and just t- trying to take over out there and is getting enough run, a guy with his type of uh, ability, he's going to get you some steals without question. And, uh, you know, he's crashing the board in the whole nine yards. So I love I love uh, love him today and uh, and the, the big guys in Atlanta. So there's going to be some salary spent here for me, but I think it's going to be well spent. Because I think we're going to see some good DFS results. And there's even a few other guys, if you want to go mid-level, that you can go to here. I think this is a, a key game on the slate. You know, good 235 total, 232 maybe, which is well over the number of 224. So I like this game. I like it for some of the key guys. And even though I like uh, the fact that Atlanta uh, – you know, could hammer them a little bit. I don't think it's going to be the hammer that's going to really affect the rotation like it would for veteran teams, you know, uh, throughout the league. So, yeah, I have some interest in this one as well. I think you could pay up for Trey Young. I think he could get some Oladipo defense and, and Oladipo is strong enough and athletic enough to give him trouble and limit him a little bit. Uh, So I might end up with more shares of a guy like Collins. I think he really will step up, like you said, yeah. uh, if Capella and Okongwu are out. And if they are, then you've got another value play opportunity here in Nathan Knight, who was awesome in his last game, 
22 minutes and 36 fantasy points. Really Crazy. Ath- really athletic. Almost got a double-double. Threw yeah. in, uh, mixed in three stocks. Uh, so yeah. These G League guys all of a sudden, boom, you know? Here they come, making yeah. their mark. Um, and then Bogdanovich is still cheap enough for me. I mean, we've mentioned so many value plays already. It's not like you need to play him, but uh, at 4000 and 3800 he's playable for me. With Houston, uh, Oladipo and Porter Jr., they just dominate the usage, don't they, here recently they with, with Wall out? So yeah. they're still in a great spot. Porter Jr. took a little bit of a step back against Boston, but he had been phenomenal before that. Yeah. Uh, and so His I like, price is starting to get dinged, though. That's the is, only problem. It is yeah. creeping up. Yeah. And then uh, the other value play here on Houston, Kenyon Martin, specifically yeah. on FanDuel. They've priced him up on DraftKings to 53, but on FanDuel, he's still 35. Yeah. And he's had three straight games over 30 fantasy points. He just comes in and is ultra-athletic and gets to the rim on both ends of, of the court and, and gets it done. So uh, he's another way to get exposure to this game. I can't believe I'm so old that all these great players coming up now like this are sons of the guys that I watched in my prime. Like, what? Right. Did you yeah. know that I, I found this out last night, not to change subject here, but talking about the father-son stuff, because it's all over the league. I mean, it's it's more you know prevalent than people realize. But Nico Mannion, you know, the, the guard from Arizona, yep. I didn't put it together. I used to watch Pace Mannion, his dad play all the time. And his dad was a nice ball player. I had his card and everything. And here we go. His son's now in the league. But you find it all over the place and, uh, you know, the apple doesn't usually fall far from the tree, so you got to like the fact that you know Mr. Uh, Martin there has some some gusto and, and and pep to his step with a dad like that. So I I'm I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, Nico took a bomb last night. He's following in the footsteps of Steph it. Curry, he did. Uh, pulling from deep. So um, good Mid, stuff. Mid second round pick, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we are finally, New Orleans and Portland. The 10 o'clock hammer, 241 Uh-oh. total on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. Portland favored by two. And yeah. the news here, light on New Orleans. We just have Reddick out. But yeah. on Portland, C.J. McCollum is going to be back out there on the He's court. Back. How yeah. about that? And Harry Giles, questionable to be available. So we got to get some exposure to this one. Uh, how about the defenses here, 28th and 29th? The offenses, they are starting to hum. New Orleans is sixth in the NBA, and Portland is eighth. So this Yikes. is a, this is just the best uh, you know game context here we have on the slate. It's an island game for both teams. By the way, they're going to have a rematch on Thursday. And yeah. So we'll get to see this game again. And we saw it once before, about a month ago, and it was just what we wanted. It was 126 to 124. So they yeah. combined for 250. Lillard was dominant in that game, 43-4-16. and 16. We've attacked the New Orleans backcourt for a long time now, so he is pretty pricey here. Uh, 10-8 is a, the most I remember him being on DraftKings all season. And yeah. what happens with CJ back out there? I think Lillard is still playable here. You know, he's in about as good of a spot as you can be for Lillard. And so, you know, we, we've seen him hit... 55, 60 fantasy points plenty of times with CJ in the lineup. Sure. So I, I think he can still hit value. The, the guy that would probably take the biggest hit will be Gary Trent Jr. Yes. Um, 
We don't know the starting lineups yet. Maybe they ease CJ in off the bench, let him run the second unit. Uh, either way, I probably won't go to Trent or CJ. He's way too expensive for his first game back. Right. So you could add a secondary guy, Jones Jr., Covington, Cantor, all playable for me in this game. On the New Orleans side, I'm going to start to look at the big three here, uh, starting with Zion. He's probably my favorite play here. Um, he was awesome against them last time, 36-6-4. His price yeah. has come down a little bit. He's 87 and 8,400. So uh, good reasonable. spot. Yeah, reasonable for Zion. And then Ingram has picked it up a little bit lately. Lonzo in play for me. Um, so I, I think I'll probably get Lillard and Zion in most of my lineups. And then maybe one secondary guy. Um, okay. what, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I mean, it's obviously an intriguing game. It's going to be a game that's going to get a lot of uh, attention and ownership in DFS. And it deservedly so for all of those uh, statistics that you shared. Um you know, it'll be interesting to see how many people jump off the Lillard bandwagon with McCollum being back because of his price. I know that we all we have all played Lillard like maniacs since McCollum's been down, and deservedly so because you know it just doesn't matter. He show at some point in the game, he's especially late. He's gonna show up. So uh, you know, I think he's I think he's a good play in the fact that. I would assume, and again, I, this is not you know anything I've read, but you got to think McCollum 20, 25 minutes probably, like you said, you know enough to take a decent amount of shots away from Lillard that it is a little concerning. But you know there's plenty to go around against this Pelican team that just doesn't defend well. Um, you know I think Robert Covington has has really played better in the last two or three weeks. I think he is playable. Um, Zion's going to have a little bit of difficulty, I think, with him because of how far away from the basket he's going to be shooting threes. Um, but he's going to have the task of probably trying to guard Zion. So I like both sides of that. I think Zion is fairly priced. You know, I want to keep playing him until he gets into those nines and mid nines um, because, you know, he just he's getting enough usage, enough uh play here that I think he's just very very solid so I like both sides of that match matchup with Williams and Williamson and Covington um on the New Orleans side I, I like Lonzo Ball a little bit here as well I think that uh you know we know Portland's backcourt isn't exactly stellar defensively uh Lonzo in games like this with pace uh can cause a lot of problems so I think he's his price is a good price uh, here as well. Um, after that, you know, again, it's a shame because we had with that with CJ out and, and you know when they were shorthanded, like you said, you could get some really good value from the from Trent and some of these guys. But you know, this McCollum being back pretty much X's out uh, Trent for me. Even even if he they went small and played him. I just, you know, the the amount of shot volume with Lillard and McCollum in there, I think is just going to hurt him too much. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like this game. I think people may overreact and go like a 3-2 type stack and have five of their guys from this game. I, for me, it's going to be two or three guys. And the ones I'm leaning towards right now are, are Ball, Williamson, and Covington. 
but uh, you know, I'm going to be looking to see where where my last buy up uh, position goes here, and you know, it may still go to Lillard for one more game, but haven't really pulled that trigger yet. But it's a good game. Yeah, the, the the hard thing for me on FanDuel today is the power four position. There's so many guys I'd like. You know, yeah. you mentioned Zion and Covington, and three or four of the value plays we've mentioned that I like are power forwards as well. So that's going to be the, yeah. the tough decision to make. Yeah, a lot easier on DraftKings and Yahoo where you can play multiple position. Exactly. All right, last game of the night, Coach. Minnesota against the Lakers. Yeah. Two, 225 total. The Lakers favored by nine after they smoked Golden State by 31 last night on the road. For the news here, we've got McLaughlin still out, Culver doubtful, and Jaden McDaniels back in for Minnesota after a false positive COVID test. And on the Lakers side, uh, the guys who are still out, Anthony Davis, Gasol, and Caruso. So what do you think of the last game of the night? I I think this is a nice game. I mean, the totals... Excuse me, very solid. Um, you've got the fourth fastest paced team in Minnesota. Lakers are 19th, but playing a little faster of late. Uh, you've got, you know, bad, bad defense in Minnesota at 25. And the Lakers uh, are the best defensive team in the league. So that is a bit of a concern, but not as good as uh, when uh, AD's in there. So now that he's out for an extended time, I think you'll see their defensive rating may they may get overtaken by someone, but you know it's I think Rubio is got to be in the discussion. I mean, D'Angelo Russell and McLaughlin out. You know he's going to get the majority of that play as well as as Noel. I mean those two guys are always in the discussion, and I think they're they should be in it again today. Um, I, the other guy that, that's worth mentioning again is Edwards. He's been, you know, really playing up to his value. He is a chuck and duck guy. He's going to take a lot of shots, but you know, he's starting to to be a little bit smarter out there, and you know, has has been making value. So uh, certainly uh, tempting on that side. You know, we're we're in the. This is the other game though that that I'm a little concerned about, especially after last night, it's fresh in our minds. You know, if you do take a few guys from a game and it does blow out, you know, it, it just crushes your, your uh, DFS team because of the minutes. And for the most part, you know, you're not getting a full run from anybody and it does have the potential to happen again here. Minnesota is bad there. I mean, you don't pile up a record of nine and 30 by being good. So, you know, I guess it cat is worth discussing here. I just that price is so hard to accept. And, you know, the Lakers are rotating bigs. They just have not been the same defensively at all without uh, the starting of Gasol and Davis starting on that front line together. You know, you have two all first team, all defensive players in those two guys. And even though Gasol's a shadow of himself and injured, but, you know, He's got, you compare his experience uh, to Damian Jones, for crying out loud, and, and some of that inside. So Cat is tempting. He really is tempting here. That was the guy I was saying might be my second pay-up guy. Uh, it's a big decision, though, for the center spot. Um, I've got a feeling he's going to be your pay-up guy. That's my gut feeling, but I could be wrong. Um, but, you know, it may end up coming down to a little roster construction with Lillard or Towns for me. 
as far as that other pay-up position. But I think he's in a great spot. Now, if the Lakers blow him out, uh, you know, uh, Minnesota's on this road trip. I'm a little worried that, uh, you know, he won't get full run. But, you know, that's just the risk sometimes you have to take. So really uh, don't want any part of Vanderbilt slash McDaniels. Too much splitting there. Uh, no, no courage to take Mr. Lehman. So really for the Minnesota side, it's all about Rubio and Towns. Uh, for the Lakers, you know, the question becomes, uh, do you pay up for LeBron here? I mean, he hasn't, he's been solid, but not blowing the, you know, ceiling off. So I don't really want to pay that price again with that, you know, to pay up in this game for Towns and LeBron would may win people lineup or contests and tournaments, but if it blows out at all or becomes a little lopsided, it, you know, you're out of the money. So being a cash player, I want to be a little bit safer there as far as rostering both Towns and James, uh, leaning towards Towns now. Therefore, on the L.A. side, I think Schroeder's price has been very steadily uh, reasonable, and I think he has the potential uh, to do well in this matchup uh, against Minnesota for sure. Uh, and really, those are the key guys that I like. I think it's you know it's going to be a couple of uh, ex- people that I'm going to be exposed to in this game that I think can fit into my lineup price-wise and and make it work as well. Yeah, uh, it is an interesting game here on, on the Minnesota side. Uh, you know, Rubio certainly playable. Uh, Noel's price has gone up a little bit here probably to the point where I'm not going to play him on this slate. Uh, I like Anthony Edwards. He's probably the guy I'd be most likely to play as a pivot off of the chalkier shooting guards on the slate like Shea and Oladipo. Um, and then with the big cat, I agree. You know, he's he's tempting. i got to play with it a little bit more. I don't. Yeah. I just don't love the way he's looked. Uh, right. You know, he's shown flashes of his former self, but he's also shown some fatigue, some sluggishness. I not agree. Not really the high ceiling that we want. Uh, I mean, he should be the focal point of the offense and, and get all the opportunity in the world, but slow pace here from the from the Lakers. So he's not he's not a guy that I'm I'm going to lock in as a pay up. And I agree with you with the the power forwards. I I wanted to mention Jaden McDaniel's being back in the mix because. When he was out, Vanderbilt stepped up and, and was great. But uh, I, I think he will cut into Vanderbilt here enough that I don't want to go there, and I don't want to mess with any of the other peripheral Minnesota guys. On the Lakers side, I could see three or four of these guys really paying off value against uh, the bad Minnesota defense. Yeah. But do we trust they'll get enough minutes, or will that's it just the, be spread that's out? That's the dilemma. Yeah, that's the <laughs> dilemma. So you could... I mean, LeBron could smash. He cruised to a triple-double last night, but I doubt I'll go there. Schroeder playable, uh, but I'd probably more likely go to THT again off the bench. He's still in the mid-3K range, and he smashed last night over 10x return. Yeah. Uh, So with Caruso still out, I like like his opportunity. And then Kuzma or or Montrez Harrell could do it again, but in the 6K range on this slate, I don't think I'll go there. So... Even though yeah. the Lakers could smash them, you know it may only be Taylor Horton Tucker value play or pass for me on on that side. 
Yeah, and I'll tell you, I got to say this because I trashed him a lot uh, for all last year in in, uh, TFS, and that's Kyle Kuzma. I really, he is super improved. You can see that he gets it now. He's taking better shots. He's not forcing it. Looks like he's settled in. You know, it always seemed like he was chasing something. He was trying to prove himself. It just, it was just not a good scenario for a long time. But I'm going to start really considering uh, rostering him going forward because I think his better days are ahead this second half because he's becoming, especially since Davis has been out, he's becoming a pretty darn reliable running mate for LeBron in a lot of key situations and at the end of games. So really, you know, with until Davis gets back, which could be a while, you know, everybody wants to talk about Morris Jones, all the bigs. I think it really, you know, as we're going forward game by game here, the key guys I think that are going to shine here are Schroeder, Kuzma, and Horton Tucker. I think those three guys can be the the kick, the you know, sidekicks more so to LeBron than, than anybody else. So circle those guys and let's keep an eye on them for the right matchups for sure. Yeah, totally agree. Well said. So... That concludes our seven-game slate here for Tuesday. We appreciate you all tuning in. Please do subscribe to the channel and reach out to us on Twitter if you have any questions at DFS Coach Talk. You can follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can follow me at Language Olympic. And you know we'll be back tomorrow for another NBA breakdown, so so do tune in for that. Um, in the meantime, you know we'd love to have you join us as a member uh, at DFSCoachTalk.com, go ahead and sign up there, get you into our Discord, and, and uh, get you those lineups tonight. Again, on FanDuel, full cash lineups, a GPP lineup, a full Yahoo lineup, and the DraftKings Coaches Clipboard. So that'll do it for today. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.